News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. The war rages and the crisis is deepening in Gaza. And I'm joined now by Sean Bell, retired former fighter pilot, current defence consultant, and co host of the Red Matrix podcast. Good morning to you, Sean. Heightened tensions on the border of Gaza, humanitarian crisis unfolding within Gaza, no current escape route for innocent Palestinians trapped. What happens now? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the big question, isn't it? I, I tend to look at these things as a former military guy from the military perspective. We've been waiting for this ground offensive to start. Um, and, you know, it, why why is it still being delayed? I think there's two big issues there, one of which is the political pressure that's being brought to bear. Anthony Blinken's been doing a racetrack around the Middle East. Lloyd Austin's been having words. And we now hear today that um, the President uh, Biden is due in to visit today, all of which is designed to temper, if nothing else, Israel's response options uh, and buy more time for the Palestinians to leave uh, Gaza City. But I think the big one for me is that this, you know, 10, 11 days ago, there was no war, but Israel was effectively at peace. I know it's a tenuous peace. All of a sudden, it's facing the biggest ground invasion it's done in a generation. And that is not simple. They've mobilized hundreds of thousands of people, lots of kit, equipment, ammunition. Those people won't be properly trained. It's a huge undertaking, particularly to do a joint uh, operation, air, land and maritime together. I know firsthand just how difficult those are to coordinate and doing it in a rush, particularly under the gaze of the world media, is probably not ideal. Okay, that's very interesting what you're saying. So Israel is is talking escalation, but you think that there is moderating forces at play. Biden is coming. That 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 whistle's top tour by, by Blinken. Ursula von der Leyen is also flying in apparently today as well. And do you think that Israel is listening to the voices that say, "Look, this could get much much worse if you don't temper what you're about to do in Gaza." I think it's very difficult for Israel to ignore America. Whether How much influence America actually has will remain to be seen. What we do know, though, is that time is not on Israel's side here. Uh, every day that goes by, the media, understandably, starts to focus on the humanitarian issue out there. Uh, the UN are trying to get aid through Egypt, can't do it. The uh, Rafa crossing is closed. But you can just imagine that every day that goes by, uh, Israel moves from being the good guy in inverted commas in this into the bad guy and yeah. and yet that that, that uh, political pressure seems to be being brought to bear to try to temper their their actions um Sean talk to me a little bit about Iran because Iran has said that they will act preemptively um to prevent i suppose Israel escalating this H- how dangerous is Iran in in this current conflict Iran is incredibly important in this um not only because it funds Hamas and Hezbollah but also it's probably the only Arab nation that stands to gain if Israel descends into conflict again. You'll be aware that um, a lot of the Middle East has um, normalized relations, shall we say, with with the the Israelis over the last few decades. Uh, Jordan in 82 recognized the border, Egypt in 94, the Saudi Arabia was starting to normalize relations with the help of the US. All of that rather unsettles Iran because they find themselves increasingly isolated and um, so it suits their agenda. They're the only ones that win if Israel does descend into a big war here. Because let's be clear, neither uh, the Israelis nor the Palestinians gain if they end up in uh, an extended conflict. So the dark shadow of Iran ho- hangs over all of this. And I'm not surprised that we're seeing a gradual escalation in their rhetoric. And and is that part of the timing of this, that the, the rapprochement between Saudi and, and Israel, 
in your view, has that influenced to some extent why, why Hamas has acted now? Well, to be honest, I'm, I'm never a believer in coincidences. Um, with all of the, the, the tectonic plates in the Middle East moving towards some sort of normalization, um, it, it does appear that Iran is the one is the one player here that has most to gain by disrupting that. Um, I mean, I think you know it, it remains to be seen that, that most of the international media say there's no proof as yet. But the key elements for me are that uh, Iran has been, it's over 70% of the funding of Hamas. Yeah. It funds Hezbollah. It was the only nation to to effectively congratulate Hamas on their heinous acts last weekend. Yeah. You know, it's very difficult to see Iran as being an innocent player here. Sean Bell, retired former fighter pilot and current defence consultant. Thank you for speaking to News Talk Breakfast. We're also joined now by Hadil Quaez. Uh, Oxfam spokesperson based in Ramallah. Good morning to you, Hadil. Your family, I believe, are in the Gaza Strip. Yes, true. My my family, everyone I have in this world are now in Gaza. And are you able to communicate with them, Hadil? Are they telling you how they are getting on? Yeah, with the difficulty, we could uh, this morning talk to three of them and uh, only. I have many siblings and nieces and nephews and my mother, eight years old mother, they are all in the Gaza Strip. So uh, now mobile phones are very scarce and we cannot reach out. The, the towers are destroyed. So we, we hardly can find someone. And, you know, because the, the, the families are now living together, there's sometimes 10 or 15 families in the same house, yeah. 30 people in the same room. So we, what we do is we try to to go and to talk to one person at least to make sure that they are alive and they were not bombed. Because even in the south of Gaza, where people were told to move because it's safer, bombardments continues and at least five families were wiped out in the south of the Gaza Strip yesterday. Okay, That's the place that was supposed to be safe for everyone. This is where people from northern Gaza are being told to evacuate yes. to. Are your family currently in southern or are they in northern Gaza? No, they are in southern Gaza from day one. They had to move four times to go to a safer space, but there's no space that is safe actually in the Gaza Strip. Okay. Uh, one of my colleagues, the head of a humanitarian response actually in Gaza, uh, he had to move also to the south. And yesterday we couldn't connect with him because there was bombing on near him and he was escaping with, for his life okay. and his children. And Hadil, uh, do, do your family, is there water, is there food? No, not at all. So the food is very, very limited. Uh, water is very uh, limited. So they can, they have to ration water, like half, half a litre for per person for a day. Uh, otherwise, they will run out of water totally. Uh, no water entered the Gaza Strip, despite the Israeli reports that there is some water uh, supplies uh, that were opened. That it, nothing reached to the population. Okay. Anyways, most of the pipes are destroyed most of the uh, all the water treatment plants are destroyed so basically uh, the so, situation so is very water, dire, very dire. water rations and food rations your family if there was a humanitarian corridor i know that there is none open currently but if there was one would they leave gaza or uh, we're hearing reports that palestinians don't want to evacuate because they are afraid of an annexation 
I, I don't know. I, this is not a question for a humanitarian aid worker. Uh, what we care for is aid that going into Gaza for people to support them and to sustain their life. Oxfam is calling for uh, humanitarian aid to flow into Gaza to ease the dire needs so far. Now, people's decisions is not up to us. What we are asking for is some uh, immediate uh, entering for food, water, okay. fuel, and medication. That has to go now. Now, we, we, we cannot wait any longer. Okay. Ceasefire that will allow our actors and our friends and partners and colleagues to act okay. and to assess needs. And, and currently Oxfam, UNICEF, all, all these, these, these uh, groups on the ground, currently you have no access to Gaza. There's no possibility of getting any aid to the people? Nothing. Uh, actually, we had to seize operation because I told you our head of humanitarian is now under fire and he was looking for clothes for his children because the weather is becoming colder in Gaza and people are getting sick because they left their homes a week ago when it was very hot and suddenly it's it's raining. And he told us, I couldn't find clothes for my family. I had to wait five hours to get a packet of food. And this is the head of a humanitarian response in Gaza. So imagine how the other people who are okay who don't have any connectivity, how they can okay. uh, deal with Look, their day-to-day life. Hadil, thank you very much for speaking to us. Uh, we do sincerely appreciate it. That is Hadil Kwazaz there, uh, Oxfam spokesperson based in Ramallah. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.